Hello. Happy Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning to all our podcast listeners. This is the Win Daily Show. I am Michael Raziel. I have my man Sia Najah with me. Sia, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I, I want to know how you're doing, though, because here I am wearing the Win Daily swag, and, and you're just wearing a Mets jersey. I mean, you can't feel good about that. Hey, man. I mean, no. That's all I got. Uh, no, I don't feel good about it. That's what it's like being a Mets fan, and that's uh, that's really all I got, man. Not too much going on here. Just getting the tweet out as well. Um, it's it's sad. Uh, I actually I interviewed a gentleman that works for the Yankees earlier today. Uh, that was a lot of fun getting to, you know, talk to someone who works at an organization that actually knows what they're doing and knows how to do things, and is, you know, right across town. So maybe uh, maybe I'll impress Jason one of these days and get my own shirt. I don't know. Could you gauge his optimism in terms of, you know, thinking A, MLB is going to start and B, that it's going to start maybe in early July? So let me say this. We had conversations with the red light on and we had a different conversation when the red light turned off. That's all I'm going to say. So, well, let me ask you this. When the red light was off, did you get a more optimistic or more pessimistic uh, answer in terms of, hey, this thing is going to go and we're good to go? Not, I'm not saying those were, the, those were the words that were used, but what was your impression? My impression is that something will get done, but the MLB owners are the worst. My words, not his. Um, and that we'll see. But again, there's way too much money on the line for everybody to not make to make zero dollars this year rather than just make a couple dollars this year. That was my impression. We'll see what happens there. I don't know. I'm hoping that everything does go well, but we have a packed show for you. You know, obviously C and I are opening up. We actually already have JMO. He's going to be hopping on in a couple minutes as well. We'll talk a little bit about NASCAR because he's been making everybody in the discord some money. I think he's been making himself some money. So hopefully uh, he can do a little bit of that for us today or tonight as well with the, the races coming, the cup race on Wednesday. So we're very excited to have him there. We're going to be talking some NFL, some fantasy, a little bit more about baseball. Memorial Day weekend holds a very strong place in my heart being the first marker of the season. So talk a little bit about that. The NHL just had their 12 team conference, 24 playoff, whatever, which seems really interesting and whatever I'm into something at this point. So I don't care what it is. And we have to review the match. Um, And I think CM might've made a couple bucks. So we'll get to talk about that. But first let's just start with some NFL news. So a couple of things that we do have here, DJ Chark will be going, he's going to be featured more in Jacksonville, which was kind of weird, Sia, when you put that in the notes, because then I looked up his stats. He had 118 targets, over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns last year. So what does that look like to you in terms of fantasy if he's going to be more involved in the offense at that point? You know what's really interesting? When Jacksonville drafted LaVisca Chenault, I think the thought was, oh, well, Jacksonville's desperate for receivers. And so, okay, they got this guy to come in. He's going to make a difference. First of all, I don't really think that's going to be the case because rookie rookie wide receivers, I think, are going to have a hard time acclimating themselves, especially early in the year with what we mm-hmm. have going on with, you know, <clears throat> mini camps and, and a lack of a preseason, most likely. So, yeah, DJ Shark. So a lot of a lot of those stats you're talking about happened on the early part of the season. So I think there was sort of a drop off there. But remember, they have D.D. Westbrook, too. Mm-hmm. I got to say, as bad as I think Jacksonville is going to be, because I, I think it's pretty clear they're mailing it in uh, to a very like sort of obvious degree. They do have weapons. I mean, Leonard Fournette. Is still a force and he's still in a contract year. I mean, speaking of targets, I think he had 100 targets last year and he caught 74, mm-hmm. uh, caught 74 passes. So he's not exactly a slouch, particularly in a PPR league. And he had a 
plenty of carries and plenty of carries inside the red zone as well. So, you know, DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault, D.D. Westbrook, they've got a few guys on that team that, you know, Gardner Minshew isn't a great quarterback, but I wouldn't say that this is a, you know, fantasy irrelevant team. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I do. I do think that. um, Well, first off, let me say I want Gardner Minshew to be again. I think I've said it on the show before. I want him to be the second best quarterback in the league right behind Daniel Jones. We, we know that's probably not going to actually happen, but I would like to see that happen. But I do think you're right. They have D.D. Westbrook. They do have actual you know weapons. D.J. Chark, I think, was awesome last year. So I do apologize. I didn't dive too, too deep into those stats. I just kind of got grabbed the headlines because uh, I thought they were very interesting because, I mean, 118 targets, you're not messing around. I do not think Leonard Fournette is actually that good. I think he's decent. I think I, I was reading something today, like his targets are most likely going to come down a little bit. It's going to be almost impossible to have that many targets again next year. That's pretty, it doesn't really happen two years in a row, especially to a guy like that. He is on his contract year though. You know, that is again, one of my favorite two words in all of sports contract year. So maybe that's something that we pay attention to a little bit, but I don't know. I'm not super high on him, but I am excited to see what DJ Chark does. I think he, he could be fantastic in that role. So, yeah, real quick, his targets are definitely going to go down, and that's partly because Chris Thompson's on that team. So if Chris Thompson mm-hmm. stays healthy, don't re- like, don't forget he played with Jay Gruden in Washington, so yeah. Jay Gruden kindly brought him over because, honestly, he's sort of a fringe guy. And, I, he, you know, I don't know if you saw him when Jay Gruden was let go. Chris Thompson was basically in tears because he sort of thinks Jay Gruden is the maybe the reason for his career mm-hmm. to have been extended, you know, to where it is. So he's on Jacksonville's team. He's going to catch a lot of passes, but – I agree with you on the on the on the catches thing, but don't forget with all the carries that Leonard Fournette had and all the catches, he only had three touchdowns. Right. So I mean, typically we're talking about regression. I think there's potentially positive regression in this regard. So if you put him at seven touchdowns, that more than makes up, and which by the way is very reasonable, that more mm-hmm. than makes up for the the maybe, you know, instead of hundred targets, let's say it's sixty-five targets or seventy, you know, those touchdowns are gonna make up the difference there. So again, I'm not a big Leonard Fournette fan. I just think he's gonna fall because people aren't in love with him. So then it becomes a question of value at that point yeah yeah absolutely and i do think the value can be there and you make a very good point yeah he had like somehow again i think against the broncos he had over 200 yards rushing and zero touchdowns which that's like almost impossible to do as a running back in some capacity but he did it so shout out the jags we'll see what happens there so um another signing or another piece of news this came Last week, I think Jason and I actually talked about it on the SiriusXM show. I wouldn't be surprised if you and him talked about it there as well. But Carlos Hyde signs with the Seahawks. We were talking about it, if I'm not mistaken, last week, Devontae Freeman signing with the Seahawks. So it is Carlos Hyde who ends up think uh, who signs with the Hawks. Just some numbers on Chris Carson that are interesting to me too, which again, Matthew Barry said it. These are his numbers, and I, I kind of agree with them to the point where Carlos Hyde's coming in to take um, – Rashad Penny spot. He's not coming to take away carries from Chris Carson. He was the RB12 last year. Chris Carson was 315 touches, 1,500 yards, nine TDs, three targets per game, eight rushes of 20 plus yards, which was tied for fourth most and fourth in yards after first contact. All absolutely fantastic numbers. So, how do you see this Carlos Hyde signing affecting either that starting position, potentially taking some of those carries away from Chris Carson, or really just coming in in that backup role as Rashad Penny did last year? Yeah, I think he comes in actually to spell Karsten in large part. I think Penny is going to be more potentially like a third down guy. And and don't forget, Penny's coming off an ACL injury. So I'm not exactly sure where he is in the rehab process. He's probably not quite there yet. But again, they invested a first round pick in Penny. So I think they're going to trot all three of these running backs out. Don't forget, you mentioned it last week. Karsten's coming off the hip injury. Mm-hmm. He had several moments where he had 
fumbles in clusters. So if that happens, Carlos Hyde comes in. Like the one thing we got to remember about Carlos Hyde is he's not as much of a slouch as people think. I think ever since he got dismissed from San Francisco, we just assume he's not very good, but he averaged 4.4 yards per carry last year. So that's not a bad average. And he's on a team that can run the ball. And if Carson starts fumbling or if Carson just needs a break, I, I think the touches are going to come down with Carson because of Penny and because of Hyde, which is why I'm sort of off this backfield altogether. Yeah, that actually, that makes a lot of sense. And we'll definitely see again with, with both of them coming off injuries. I think it's just such a weird spot. And it's not just, they're not normal injuries. A, one's an ACL. The other's a broken hip, which again, you know, the most famous, you know, you got Bo Jackson, which wasn't even a broken hip. And then now you have Tua, of course, but coming off a broken hip, but it was so late in the season. We all forget, you know, you kind of just put like, oh, he tore his ACL last year. Well, you tear your ACL in week one or week three, it's a little different than week 15 or 16 because you're essentially at the end of the year at that point. And now, you know, you do have time to rehab, but it is pretty crazy. So we'll see what happens there. I agree with you. Again, it all does come down to value for me. If Chris Carson's there late enough, I'm going to snag him because he has been fantastic the last few years. I think he's done nothing but prove that. And he may be close to a contract year as well. I might have to look that one up. So that one's on me there. Um, mini camps expect to start in June. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about here how we don't really think these rookies are going to, and you just brought it up with LaVisca Chenault as well. We don't think these rookies are going to have too much of an impact or even these players that come over from other teams. If the mini camps do open up in June, which uh, isn't like three days or whatever, four days, how <laughs> do you see that, you know, potentially maybe changing the way you're looking at some of these rookies when it does come to the fantasy aspect of it? So I think it would still depend on the amount of preseason games there are. Like, I think in an mm -hmm. ideal world, they would still have, like, let's say two preseason games. I'm sort of doubting that's going to happen. But and, I, and by the way, I'm just sort of making that number up. I don't that we haven't heard anything about mm -hmm. how many preseason games there might be. But I, I really think particularly for the running backs, I mean, I, the wide, wide receivers, there's an argument, too, that they need time. But the running backs just from a pass protection standpoint, like for example, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who everybody is like sort of overvaluing mm -hmm. right now, yep. particularly because, well, for two reasons. One is because Damian Williams is there and I think he's going to have a role. And the other reason he's overvalued is I don't think he's very good in pass protection. At LSU, I don't think he was actually very good there. That was part of the scouting report on him was that he needs to improve there. So I don't see him making an impact, let's say in the first four weeks, if he doesn't have actual game experience doing those things, especially when Damian Williams has actually been very good. So Long story short, I think a mini camp in June is great, but you got to have a preseason. You got to see the reps like in real time because if you have Patrick Mahomes back there, you know, you name the quarterback, you're not going to just like trot out a rookie that you think maybe possibly could pass protect. I think Vaughn over in Tampa Bay as well. Same thing. You're not just going to have him just like, yeah, Tom Brady, he'll figure it out. I think, I think we're going to worry about that one. Maybe Ronald Jones will still be back there to start the season, but we will see. And let's see what we have here. The XFL could return in 2021. Oh, why did you put this in the notes? Just out of curiosity, so, see you. The only reason is because I actually think there's a place for the XFL. Like, I, like I, it's so weird that the NFL is the most popular thing, like in the country. You know, just the, the pop, most popular sport. Yep. It draws the best ratings. I mean, you could collect all the ratings of all the other sports combined, and it probably doesn't equal the NFL ratings. So, with that being said, how is this the one league that doesn't have a quote farm system? How did NFL Europe fail? Well, maybe because it was in Europe. But how does the XFL and all these offshoot leagues? How do they fail? I understand it's a lot of money. It's a big endeavor to get the NFL going or an NFL offshoot or a farm system, but I feel like the NFL, A, needs a farm system. And all these college players that are superstars in high school and college, like, can we give them a place to play? I mean, it, just because they don't make the roster of the, you know, the final 1500 that are on these 32 teams, like, 
they should have a place to extend their career. And what better place to do it than the most popular sport in the country? So I, I'm just like not really understanding how these things aren't successful. At the end of the day, I really want the XFL. There's a lot of people from the XFL who are actually in the NFL now, like PJ Walker for the Carolina Panthers. So there are people that just don't get a chance to prove themselves because of sheer numbers. And let's get a farm. Let's get something. I mean, I just don't. I can't imagine the XFL or some version of it can't produce enough money to survive and be a feeding system to some degree into the NFL. I completely agree with you. I think there has to be or should be something. Um, one thing I will say is it is a lot of money and college football is essentially the farm system at that point. You know, the NFL doesn't really have to pay and we kind of all know how that system works. Thankfully, there's some stuff in the works and maybe when that does happen, the NIL stuff, you as the lawyer of this show can kind of explain some of that stuff to me as the not lawyer of the show and how some of that stuff may end up working. But I agree with you. I mean, I don't think the product of the XFL this past season was a plus, but I definitely put on the games. We know people were betting on them. They definitely had some progressive ideas in terms of field view and scouting and, and just how they went about things and how they had the line right on the bottom of the screen. We all love that kind of stuff, what the over-unders are, which it felt like all the unders hit for like the first three weeks. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I agree with you. I think it would have survived if it weren't for a worldwide pandemic, unfortunately. Um, I also think it's really interesting. One of the potential buyers of the XFL is Vince McMahon. So when that happens, I'm going to need you to lower me some more and figure out how the hell that's a possibility. But that's... That's something on its own. And I mean, apparently that's not happening. Apparently that was oh, sort okay. of like sort of debunked today that Vince McMahon isn't going back into, but who knows? I'm sure he had the idea to do it because that's such a Vince McMahon thing to do. Exactly. As far as the whole, like, it wasn't a great product. I mean, let's keep in mind it, it really only had like a few weeks or like oh, five, absolutely. six weeks. I mean, uh, this is a weird comp, but, you know, Breaking Bad, the first five episodes, I wasn't like blown away, but by mm -hmm. episode like seven, eight, season two, episode one or two, I was like, oh my God, this, I'm, I'm fully invested. And honestly, I sort of think the analogy holds true for the XFL. Once they work out the growing pains, all of a sudden, this is a premier product where you have the offenses maybe clicking a little bit more than they were uh, in the first few weeks of the XFL. I, you are right, weird comp, but I do agree with you that if you got, give them some time, worked out the kinks, I think they would also, it's not like everything was set in stone. They'd continue to be progressive. They'd continue to find new ideas such as the fourth and 15 on sidekicks, mm -hmm. such as, um, you know, just some of the weird rules, like the one, two, and three different point after attempts. They would continue to think of ideas like that, which would again, just progress the NFL, which is nice because the NFL is kind of a dinosaur in some respects. So it is always nice to see some new things. And the last thing we have here, no Spence out for the season with a torn ACL. What do you got for me there? That's kind of sad. It stinks. It, it came across my screen. And, and honestly, the first thing I thought of was, oh, by the way, the reason I brought up the Breaking Bad thing, I'm just oh. trying to bring in Breaking Bad fans to listen to the show. Oh, the cool. Podcast. Yeah, definitely. I think definitely, that's maybe, yeah. maybe we need to attack that niche and get and get mm -hmm. that viewer base. Yeah, all Breaking here. Bad fans, um, uh, anybody out there listening, make sure to give us a five-star review and tell us your best favorite Breaking Bad episode. Then Sia will review it personally on his own. How's that sound? Listen to the podcast, subscribe, and review. Five stars, please. I mean, With obviously, your favorite right? Breaking Bad episode title. That's how we know, right? There we go. Favorite Breaking Bad episode title. So when we start seeing those rolling, we know we did something good. But I'm sorry, Sia. Go on with your thought. The Noah Spence thing, it caught my eye because... Well, first of all, I kind of feel bad for the guy. He, he sort of ended up being a bust, and his career might end up being over at this point. Uh, but 
the first thing that came to mind was every time mini camps open, I understand they're not open yet. There's always like a rash of like crazy injuries that like people are just working out. And that's what happened with Spence. He was working out at home and he tore his ACL. And to me, this sounds so twisted, but to me, it was like, oh, the season finally started. Uh, like yeah. all we need for the season to start is some like whether it's a superstar or like a fringe starter or a fringe you know guy to make the team. All we need is somebody to blow their ACL or their Achilles, and we're like, oh, okay, it's football season. Because unfortunately, that happens yeah. every single year. Right, like literally day one, it usually happens to one mm-hmm. or two people. Yeah, sick and twisted. But I actually agree with you. I mean, rookie camp, a rookie mini camp, usually, which I think would have been couple weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, during all this stuff, uh, usually you see something happen there. There's always like a first rounder that goes down. We saw it with, uh, there was a, uh, offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken, out of, um, Cincinnati who very early on in this whole process went down with an ACL. So it's, it stinks, but yeah, you're right. It does make it kind of feel a little bit more like football season. So it is what it is, but you <laughs> that know, was, um, that was Jonah Williams. They're left yeah. to their, their prize Thank left you. tackle yeah. and he's, and he's back. And that's why my vibes are way up on Mixon, both because of Jonah and because of T Higgins and because AJ green is going to be back. So that's just a little aside, but um, Cincinnati like might be a little threatening this year. You know, they there won't get more than six, seven wins, but a little threatening. Sprinkle a couple bucks, sprinkle a couple a bucks, bit. but we'll, uh, we will see. So let us, we also, you know what season it actually is NASCAR season. It's been back. Uh, we've had our friend JMO on, and we're actually going to bring him in now. So, JMO, Josh, DFS, no shame. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's a good day to be alive, brother. It is a good day to be alive. So, are you watching the truck series right now? Because I see your eyes keep shifting up uh, a little bit. Yeah, I was trying to figure out uh, what's going on with Kyle Busch right now. And um, I'm probably a lap or two behind, but it looks like Chase Elliott's out front and, uh, Kyle Busch is making a charge from the back. It looks like he's up to eighth right now. So I like that. Yeah, Josh uh, Josh sent me a message this morning. He said, hey, I did the article for the truck series. And I was like, I didn't know we were covering the truck series, but let's make people some money. So we appreciate you and what you're doing, Josh. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. And yeah, man, I, we'll, we'll get you in. We'll get you out. We'll let you get back to enjoying one of your most favorite things. But obviously, we do have a cup event. So, you know, the big guys, the big boys, obviously it sounds like some of these people are are in these other events. So as a curiosity, a little bit of an aside, how many of these drivers are trying to be in all of these races? I think it originally was seven and 11 days. I don't know exactly where we are on that scale at this point, but how many of these drivers are, are in all these races to either a get back that time, help their sponsors. I don't know, just check out the tracks just because they got bored. How, how, what have you been seeing on your end? Um, Kyle Busch is really the only one that tries to run every single race. Um, they are <laughs> okay. limited, typically limited to, uh, five truck series races, or they, they limit the amount that the, um, cup series drivers can, um, you know, come down to mm-hmm. the Xfinity or truck series, which is actually why we have the bounty race going on right now. Um, there are some discussions over, um, Kyle Busch going down to those truck series races and. Um, just dominating them so heavily, but <clears throat> yeah, he's yeah. the only one. It's pretty um, physically taxing as far as running all these miles over, you know, course of 11 days, but. Um, hey man, it is what it is. We'll see. I mean, that sounds crazy to me. I mean, I just think like, you know, I drive down to North Carolina in 10 hours and I'm just like pretty beat for two days. And these dudes are just <laughs> going nuts um, around these tracks at way faster speeds than I would ever go. And I think bushwhacker, if I'm not mistaken, was a term from back in the day uh, when the 
Bush series was that middle one. And all those guys would come down, win all the races and then go back up the next day or whatever it was. But that's enough, man. Tell me about what do we have tomorrow? Where are we racing? What's it look like? I think last week was in kilometers. So just kind of keep that one straight for me too. But uh, what are you looking at in tomorrow in terms of the cup series race? Yeah, we'll be back to uh, 500 miles tomorrow. Um, we are going to be in Charlotte for the fourth time in four days. <laughs> and it'll be at yeah, the end of this long, you know, 11 day stretch as far as getting in seven races. Unfortunately, the weather has been able to hold off um, for the past two weeks. So we really haven't had too many problems there. Um, but about the same as last week, kind of what we spoke with, they took the race from Sunday. Um, they took the results from that, inverted the top 20 drivers, um, and then the bottom 20 drivers are starting where they finished. Okay. So who are we looking at in terms of racers? Who are we grabbing towards the back of the pack that might be a little undervalued or in terms of dollar-wise might be able to fit in? And who in that, I guess, 20 range who won this last race, that, what, 10 to 20, which would have been the top 10, are we looking at to potentially stick into our lineups for tomorrow? Yeah, so Jimmy Johnson ended up getting disqualified after the race. Um, so Whoa, will be wait a second. Time out there. Tell me about what, what did you, how did Jimmy Johnson cheat this time? That just sounds crazy. He's never done that before, right? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I'm sure it probably has happened over his career at some point. Um, they do have a post, uh, post-race technical inspection. So they, I mean, it's all measured within, um, you know, thousandths of a centimeter as far as exactly how how these cars have to be set up even at the end of the race um but yeah going from finished second got disqualified in the post-race tech inspection so he will be starting from the back he is priced up this week but he obviously has a good car um, plenty of speed and has the ability to get back up to the front so he's certainly somebody that we're going to be considering to put in our lineups again um on the other hand, Clint Boyer also wrecked out early. He's very expensive, probably going to end up staying away from Clint Boyer. Just doesn't necessarily have the same upside. Um, doesn't necessarily always have the same desire as far as trying to get up to the front of the pack and lead laps as well. Mm -hmm. And then the DQ also caused William, Bry William Byron to go from starting 21st to starting on the pole because he got pushed down to that 20th position. He'll be on the pole. Um, Byron has a lot of speed. Uh, he is a younger driver though, and um, still like to focus more on the veterans. Um, so probably won't be um, rostering Byron tomorrow either. Bowman's another very attractive driver. He's been doing great this year. He's starting up top, but Probably the same situation as far as we're just going to hope that he moves back a little bit and probably avoid rostering him as well. But he has been doing really well this year. There's no reason he can't, you know, get out to the front and lead laps. So, um, and then the rest of them, Denny Hamlin also had problems early in the race. So we're going to look at him as far as getting him in some rosters. Kyle Busch, like you said, he's, you know, this will be his fourth race in four days. Um, and you're talking about driving in cars that are, you know, 115 degrees inside these cars. So it's definitely very physically taxing on these drivers. Um, Chase Elliott, he'll be in a good spot again. There's a little um, controversy the other night in regards to him hitting, um, hitting on the last lap um, or during the last caution. But he still ended up finishing second. 
people are upset about that, that he, uh, I think he was a little upset as well that they came in and got fresh tires, but he still moved up, got second after the, um, Jimmy Johnson disqualification. So, so, so on that, what is, what's the controversy? It was just the fact that he did come into pit, um, and it's kind of catch 22 as far as if he stayed out, everybody behind him is going to come in and pit. So uh, they're going to have brand new tires. They're going to have mm-hmm. a lot more speed in their car and they could have ran right over him. Um, since he did pit, you know, several drivers stayed out. I think he's restarted ninth or 10th and again, still made it back up to third, but you know, it's kind of either way everybody else is going to do what he's Mm -hmm. not doing. So, you know, he's put in a very tough spot. You hate to see, um, hate to see those last second cautions like that. And especially when his own teammate, I believe that caused the caution in that incident. Mm. Uh, Well, Hey, it is what it is. Um, Who else you got? Any, anybody else you're looking to play this uh, for, for tomorrow to help us win a couple bucks, JMO? Two more drivers. And again, You'll um, want to come back, check out the article in the morning. Um, be plugging in the numbers more so after once we get done with the show. But Ryan Blaney, he's been doing great. Um, Team Penske, he's just been driving very well. So it's, he's hard to ignore as well. Um, and then Truex, Truex is, you know, clearly has the ability to dominate this race. And he has a little bit higher starting position. So still gives you some point differential upside. Um, along with that ability to dominate the race. I love it. I love it. We appreciate you, Josh. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate all your articles, which are what everybody say together. They're free. Great job, guys. They're all free on windailysports.com. Josh creates his own projections. He does all this stuff. He's not messing around, and we appreciate him for that. And also, you know, he was being he was being very shy there. Follow, hit him up on the Discord too. He'll answer all your questions. I see him in there. He's answering everybody's questions. He's helping them with their lineups. Oh, Sia, what do you got? Well, that's where that's literally where I was going. Josh, what time is the race tomorrow? I believe it's at seven p.m. Central Time, unless it's been changed. Okay. Okay, so I'll be I'll be in Discord um well before then, asking you at least five to ten questions. So please and thank you ahead of time. Yeah, Javi had already has all his stuff done last night, so he's went ahead of the game. Um, you know, I'm sure Jeremy's already in there as well. Jeremy hit for. Twenty thousand dollars the other night, so it's been See? another good week. Um, you everybody, well, can, sorry, everybody can go talk to you and and Jeremy and Javi as you said for free right now. You literally there's an invite link that we're sending out to anybody. It's in everything. It's on our Twitter page. Go hang out there. You can see it on the bottom of the screen. If you're not, it's in the link to the show notes. Um, there will be everything, and you can just go ask these guys how they're creating their lineup, what they're doing, their process behind it, what Josh and or JMO. I don't know. I kind of like switching between the two. So it sounds like you're two different people, you're two different personalities <laughs> and what he's doing with his projections and how it's all done. So, I mean, why not? It's, it's free. It's easy. And these guys are pulling 20 K. I mean, Javi is, he's on a different level. Let's not compare anyone to him because he's, you know, he pulls like 20 grand every night in some, some capacity, but you know, I think what you guys are doing over there in the, uh, the NASCAR discord is fantastic. And with no sports, let's try and make some money. Let's, uh, let's be the sharks, right? Let's not get eaten by them. Let's be them and help everyone eat them. So, uh, Josh, JMO, where can uh, where can everyone find you in the Twitterverse? I'm um, at DFS underscore no shame. 
I love it, buddy. Good stuff. Well, make sure to go follow Josh. He's <laughs> talking about NASCAR over there. Make sure to hit him up in the Discord. JMO, we appreciate your time tonight, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. Good talking with you. 20K. What would you do with that 20K, Sia? 20K? Especially if you went on like NASCAR or like Bundesliga, which obviously Rich is. Rich was killing it today. I love it. Was he really? I didn't oh, do Bundesliga today. I'm, Neither I'm sorry did I. for that. Like, uh, please, it was like 1230 in the afternoon and he just starts sending me screenshots. He's like, so I hit this, this, this and this today. I was like, you spent 30 bucks and you won 240. Kudos Jeez. to him. Man. Top 4%. Never forget. But um, so yeah. I thought I thought I had a shot at that today in um, in Outlaw Golf. <clears throat> I had so many of like sort of like the middle tier guys that that really weren't super popular. I had in my article like Armin and a couple of these other guys that that are literally like leading right now. And the problem was some of my higher price guys that were also in my article, admittedly, just weren't that good. And it's funny, like the variance, I don't know if this applies to soccer and NASCAR necessarily, but the variance in golf is, you know, those high price guys can really just kind of screw you over. It's it's interesting how that works, but it also kind of gives you an edge if you find mm -hmm. the right, the balance of guys. But I literally, like the point in me bringing that up is I was literally checking my phone right before we got on tonight. And I legitimately thought I had a shot in one of those like big, ridiculous tournaments that nobody really should be entering unless they're maxing the 150 lineups. I was in a few of those and I was like, man, I got to be somewhere near the top. And I kind of was, but I wasn't near the top enough to have like some huge number attached to it. So yes, I made money, but, but no, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be better. Let's put it that way. Well, Hey, we appreciate you. We appreciate what you do and, and how you do it. Um, and the way you look doing it too, and that wind daily shirt, man, you look good. You look real good. Right? And I wish so I, you always have good. Okay. All right. Tell me about how good you look. That's fine. See ya. No, no, no. I was going to tease something, which is a funny, interesting word to use in this, in this context oh, that we're in right yeah, now, but is. I was going to tease that now I'm the benefactor of this awesome wind daily shirt. And I was going to just go out on my own. This is my thing. It's not Jason's or wind dailies or anybody else's. For Thursday's show, I was going to do like a little like mini promotion where I personally am going to pay for two random, you know, subscribers, whether they are free or otherwise. Uh, maybe somebody who's listening to the show, I'm going to have, I'm going to pay for their shirt as long as they, they buy it from the merch store, which is on, you know, windailysports.com. And maybe they, you know, they, they show up in the shirt, they tweet it out, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe also enter the poker tournament that we're going to talk mm. about. That's all it takes. Maybe. And I will buy your shirt for you. I'll PayPal you the money that it costs for the shirt. And I don't even know how much the shirts are uh, on the site. They're probably like $1,000. Or Jason's yeah, going to change was, them to $1,000. I was going to say, I'll I'll make sure to handle all the money. I'll tell you how much you owe and how much <laughs> they get. Don't worry. I got you there. But uh, yeah, that, that poker tournament, we have another one coming up. So we'll get to talk about that. And uh, actually, let's talk about it right now. That was a, 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 Is that a good segue or should we? Is that? Are you cool with that? Well, tell me, you know, Michael, I'm terrible at poker. So, if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you how segways work. So, yeah, please. the way segways work is that you actually don't point out the segway. They, they ah. just like that's kind of like the segway. It's sort of like yeah, it's the thing that doesn't get said. It's like the mm -hmm. unsaid thing. So, okay. Uh, okay. yes, it was a good segue, but no, it's not anymore. So, okay, you. okay, so, perfect. So I will take down notes because we're both still learning. Um, me a little bit more, it sounds like. And yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that poker tournament. So we have a poker com tournament coming up this Sunday night. It is a $20 buy-in, if I'm not mistaken, $22 buy-in. It's with Global Poker, who is our partners on this. They were our partners last time. I think we had a well over 150 people, which was fantastic. I'm very short notice. So now we have a little extra notice. So hopefully we can drum up some uh, more interested parties. But see ya. 
if I'm not mistaken, you might have taken no, you didn't take my money. Someone took my money last time, and it was uh, it just there's something about it, man. I'm just bad at poker, so everybody should join, and they can come and take my money. How does that sound? That sounds great. So I, I, you're probably not bad at poker. You just need to understand that in, in a big multi-table tournament, you really have to be patient. And I don't know how you went out, but a lot of people who, who aren't like super experienced in poker, they kind of assume that a really good hand is a really good hand. And sometimes that really good hand is actually just a marginal hand. And because of all the other people like that are playing in that hand, it's very likely they have a better hand than you. So patience is key. So here I am. I finished, I think, like 77. So I didn't exactly do that great. But the point is, be patient. If you were patient last time, be even more patient this time. Wait for your nice hands. We'll, I'll teach you position and things of that nature later on so you kind of know when to act. And uh, next thing you know, you'll be finishing in the top 20. There you go. Or at least in the top 77, I guess, at that point, right? <laughs> yes. At yes. least in well, the top yeah, 77. I finished 77th, so I'd be really happy with Sunday's outcome. So as long as I beat the 77, I'm going to feel like I'm making progress. I like that. I don't know where I finished. I definitely wasn't patient. And now I know two better things to do. Be patient and then actually be more patient. So I learned something today. But yes, yeah, so we are partnered with Global Poker. The tournament is this Sunday. Sunday, I need to look at a calendar. Nothing matters anymore. Time doesn't exist. What do we got? <laughs> the 31st right? Yeah. Sunday, the 31st, nine o'clock at night. All the information will be in the link in the show notes. All the information can be found on our website. Of course, there's going to be a password. There's a lot of stuff. This is some fancy, fancy stuff we're getting into. You get $20 worth of free sweep coins, which are equal to $20 in real life. So essentially, as you, as we said before, we're free rolling you to play in this tournament to come and take Mike, Mike's money because really sounds like there's only like 60... 70, like 80 to 100 people that will be better than me. So there's a good chance that someone in there takes my money. But there's also a good chance Sia then takes your money. So that's what you get for taking my money. Thank you, Sia. I appreciate you. No problem. Uh, has that been sort of like dished out across the, the the media waves? Have we promoted that event already on like um, Twitter and things of that nature? Not yet. We're getting all that stuff together tonight. So as okay. the live stream goes, anybody that's listening and paying attention and rewatching, they will be the first people to hear about it. So windaily.com backslash globe, windaily sports. There we go. Windailysports.com backslash, backslash global hyphen poker. I did a whole video on it today. It should be coming out. We had people run into the problem of not knowing how to sign up last time. So Jason's like, Mike, go ahead. You make a video, show people how to do it. So I made an entire video. It took me a while, but I think I, I think I nailed it. No one got my credit card information. That's the only thing I was shooting for. So as long as we did that, we are good to go. Uh, and, but, and, yeah. and for the record, for the record, if anybody ever had any questions, we literally have in the Discord chat a, a poker mm -hmm section so you like there was a lot of people a couple people i should say that had questions michael and they just went to the discord chat and somebody was like oh yeah this is all you have to do and then boom they were like literally 30 seconds later they're like oh yeah i found it i'm in so it's Thanks. super easy so for yeah. those of you that aren't already subscribers like you literally go to win daily and you sign up for free and you get you get that chat just available to you mm -hmm. but you don't you don't even need to do that for the poker tournament it doesn't sound like but you should do it anyway and you should also should give anyway. us a five-star review with your favorite Breaking Bad episode so that way Sia has to review it. Gets to review it, actually. That actually just sounds like a blast. So make sure to check us out. We will be talking about the poker tournament a little bit on Thursday. Here's my tease. Sia had a story for us like three weeks ago, it feels like now, about the uh, um, World Series of Poker, if I'm not mistaken. Never told it. 
I asked him to tell it. He said no, because I think he was so smart, he knew I'd be able to tease it on this episode for next episode. That's a tease. That's not a segue. That's a tease, right? No, that is a tease. I like it. Thursday, I will talk about that hand. It was unbelievable. It was the biggest hand. It was This is the World Series of Poker main event, by the way. It mm. was the biggest hand of my life. It happened on day two. I lost the hand, and I'll tell you about it on Thursday. But uh, I ended up sort of battling back and getting to day three and day four and cashing and all that stuff. But this hand, literally, I... It was a surreal moment because I literally jumped out of my seat and I said um, what qualifies as a curse word. And I was sitting next to the dealer. I was so loud and shocked that I literally surprised the dealer. She like this like uh, older Asian lady. She like kind of jumped out of her seat too. It was so I can't wait to tell uh, the story about this hand. I, I don't even know if it's going to be that compelling now that I'm like building it up too much, but it's crazy. You also told us you lost the hand. So I think that kind of. I don't know. It might ruin the story a little bit, but we'll see as long as no, you reenact it, it as long as you reenact it. it. No, you it, trust me. When you find out what the hand was, mm. it will not ruin the story. All right. Deal. I believe you. So make sure to check in for Thursday. If nothing else, you get to see and hear Sia's story. So a couple other things. So we were talking a little bit about outlaw golf. So we are hoping our good friend Jim does hop on for a couple seconds to tell us about League of Legends and what's going on there. I think that would be an absolute blast. But if he doesn't, there's still a bunch of stuff that we can talk about that I'm very, very excited to talk about. So we were talking about outlaw golf a little bit. And I do want to hear about the match. We talked about it on Thursday. You came on to the Sirius show. You talked about it on Saturday, five to seven on Saturdays, five to seven on Sundays, Sirius XM fantasy sports radio, the win daily show. Make sure you're checking it out. Everything on Sirius is free anyway. So again, all this free stuff, guys, just, just take advantage of it. But how, uh, how did some of your bets go? Obviously, uh, Tiger and Peyton did win. I had an absolute blast watching it. So tell me a little bit about what you saw and, uh, how, how some of your bets went. See ya. So I, I'm, let me ask you this before I tell you how my bets went. I'm pretty sure Tiger had more birdies than Phil. Can you verify that? Because I'm not sure I've actually verified that yet. I do I'm, not I'm know. Pretty sure that was the case. That was one of my four bets. So so mm-hmm. my main bet was, was Tiger to win the match, Tiger and Peyton to win the match. That came in. So that was if you were going to put like sort of a good amount of money down on something, which I didn't necessarily recommend for this particular event. But my clear play was Tiger, take the minus 200, or, or by the time tee-off happened, I think it was kind of like minus 185. So you're getting pretty good value there. So that ended up coming in. I had some kind of narrative about holes 10 and 11. Um, hole 10 pushed. I had uh, My bet was basically to take Peyton and Tiger for holes 10 and 11. Uh, 10 pushed, but I think hole 11, like Phil hit a ridiculous like birdie shot, or, or he, they birdied the hole. Phil had a ridiculous shot in, in during that hole and long story short that one lost but i think i got the tiger one so basically i won two out of three but the main one was the one that i really cared about and that one won that was tiger and peyton mm-hmm. over tom brady and phil mickelson yeah but uh so that they quickly went up to i think after the second hole peyton and tiger were up and they didn't really it didn't really it wasn't really close i think they got it close towards the end but it was i don't know it was a little fugazi as some people like to say but it was an absolute blast did you enjoy how much of it did you watch and and how much of it did you enjoy i watched most of it and it was exactly what i wanted it to be and i knew they were going to improve off the the dj uh, rory event for two reasons one is because you know any anybody who goes first obviously is at a disadvantage so mm-hmm. before i like really start bashing rory and dj and and wolf and ricky like you know they were they were kind of the first you know the, the guinea pigs if you will however it was very clear even before the dj match that like you probably could have picked a, a better four players to to 
you know, have an event like this, mm-hmm. especially since all the cameras and all the mics are going to be on these players. So, of course, you get Peyton Man. First of all, Peyton Manning, to me, is is always going to be the star of the show because he has so much personality. He's hilarious. He can say things like he did to Tom Brady and sort of get away with them because he's Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you ever saw him on Saturday Night Live, but when he yeah. hosted Saturday Night Live, he was, like, legitimately funny. And I got to say, your boy Eli was pretty funny, too. They had some, like, great skits together. But uh, long story short, I thought it was a great event. I thought Tiger was great. I thought Phil was great. The personality was great. Justin Thomas was great. The announcers were great. Everything about it was great. I think it got 5.8 million viewers, and I'm pretty sure I heard today it was the most watched cable golf event of all time. So there you have it. What does that tell us? We need more mics. That's what it tells us. We need more microphones. It was so much fun just watching these guys, as you said, just Peyton Manning, just pooping on Tom Brady. He's like, oh, maybe I'll get Eli to be the caddy. I asked him. He couldn't do it. So then I asked Nick Foles. He couldn't be the caddy. And you see Tom Brady, you, you know he's kind of like – you know, it cuts deep too. That's the best part because those are the, you know, the only three losses of his career that he actually cares about. Right. And so he just brings up all three of them in the span of like 15 seconds. And you see Tom Brady, he's smiling, you know, he's trying to keep it cool. And it was, it was just so much fun. It's fun to watch kind of, you know, amateurs, let's call it, you know, obviously these guys play a little more golf than, than the next guy I'm sure, but it was fun to watch them play. I mean, I personally don't play too much, but it's more relatable. It's like, Oh, look, like, Phil and Tiger are that much better. And these guys are kind of holding their own. And then there's Tom Brady for, I don't know, it felt like every hole couldn't hit a fairway for his friggin' life, which was hysterical. I don't know, man. It was so much fun to watch. Obviously, we'll probably have to wait a little while till that happens again, but I am 100% in. It's just crazy to me that it's the largest viewed cable golf event. That's just like, that is insane to me. But I guess if you think about it, all the majors are on network television, right? So maybe that kind of skews it a little bit, but that's just still, that is crazy to me that it's the largest ever, but I also probably, that was the most fun I've ever had watching golf. So I guess it goes both ways. You said the key word, you said the word relatable, and that's exactly what it was. I mean, I think there's a lot of like fringe golfers or maybe guys that will never be golfers, but they're not sure if they're golf fans. And I Mm -hmm. think just kind of seeing that kind of brings them into the sport a little bit. And now that's on sort of the cusp of, you know, June 11th, where we have our first major PGA tournament, which by the way, the tentative list of players is really deep. Like, like pretty much every great player is going to be in this event. I shouldn't say every, but way more than you think. And this is just such a perfect, like, you know, for people, let's say in DFS or, 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 sports book like that don't really bet on golf or whatever like i feel like this is going to bring in a lot more people a to play golf but b to bet on golf let's bet on golf i'm sure i mean they had the DraftKings logos everywhere they told you who was going to win the hole what the what the odds were for each team you know and then at one point i think um what was it phil hits a crazy shot and uh brady puts it in on the like right on the fringe of the green and then the, you know DraftKings just comes up will player hit an eagle like plus 500 or whatever it is and that just lights up and everyone's like oh my god it's i love it man give me more betting give me more dfs give me more opportunities to win money and i am all for it a couple things that i liked was just the actual the audience reactions were awesome and it was all the tweets of tom brady as i said he was playing absolutely terrible at one point i think it's like hole four or five brooks kepka tweets out i'll donate a hundred thousand dollars to the brooks kepka fund if tom brady makes a par on the front nine because up till that point i think he only had bogeys and double bogeys and it it was bad to say the least uh sean payton i'm liking this florida tom brady right now uh which was fantastic and greg bedard at greg a bedard this is only happening because phil wouldn't let alex guerrero on the team playing so i thought that one uh (laughs) 
that one that one felt real good to me uh i mean i think i think sports are back that that's what all this is telling me is like hey hey guys sports are back and by the way they raised you know and you put this in the show notes and i think everybody is fully aware 20 million dollars 20 I mean, that's, million dollars i love it if if i may if I may, if I may digress just for one second, Michael, you may. You know how everybody gave LeBron James like all kinds of stuff when he had his like big announcement when he decided he was going to take his talents to South Beach. Mm-hmm. And I sort of get that. I don't really think it was that big of a deal. I think that was sort of a media-driven narrative. But does everybody forget that that whole thing, that whole engagement, that whole thing that you think was so like ridiculous and ostentatious and whatever word you want to throw in? He raised what two million dollars for the Boys and Girls Club? Is that right? It was at least two million. Everybody forgets that. I don't remember the exact number, but every single person that ever brings that up either completely brushes that off or forgot that it happened. So I'm a LeBron stan. I will stand behind him wherever he goes. So I agree with you. I never understood why people. I mean, honestly, looking back, kind of a douche move. I don't know, but it was nice he raised all that money, so that's cool. But yeah, that was thrown right out the window once he said he's taking my talents to South beach, which I guess you're probably happy about it. Now that I think about it, cause you're down close there anyway. So yeah, I mean, I, I got to see their games and stuff. That was pretty cool. I mean, it was electric down here, but like, like, like just real quick about the douche move. Like, do you really think it was his idea? Do you really think he went to ESPN was like, Oh, I have this idea. We're going to make an announcement. No, somebody went to one of his handlers and was like, Hey, we got a great way to drive ratings, to raise money. You can be the, the star of the show, the center of the show. Do you think he was like directing the event? Of course not. The only douchey thing he might've done was, take my talents to South Beach or maybe not call the Cleveland Cavaliers right beforehand. But the reality is if he did that, then it would defeat the purpose of the event because it would have leaked immediately. He can't like he literally his hands were tied, not literally figuratively his hands were tied. Yeah. I hate when people do that. But the point is, I don't think it was that big of a douche move. I think people like got bent out of shape for nothing. He raised $2 million. These guys raised $20 million. Let's let these athletes do good things, which is what LeBron did. And it's what these guys did on a Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, whatever it was. Let's raise money. Let's all stand behind LeBron at Najad on Twitter. If anyone has anything to say to him about that um so a couple uh again love the golf i think it was fantastic very very excited about that so we spoke a little bit about outlaw golf already um i read your article obviously and i noticed you didn't really have too many people in that super super high tier worth of dollars which was interesting to me how how did how did you feel about this one going in and how did you feel about what's what's coming i mean are people going to be playing alcohol golf next week and the week after, especially with the PGA coming back? Is this something that they're just going to roll with as long as possible? Well, they'll do it if outlaw golf is smart. And if DraftKings and FanDuel are actually able to create these contests, you know, if they have the capacity or the manpower, if you will, to create these contests with the PGA content, what, what outlaw tar- tour golf should do is to have their events always start on a Monday and perhaps finish on a Wednesday. Cause they're typically two or three day events. Most of them are three. If you do that, then you can have golf, DraftKings, and FanDuel Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like literally for every single day, you can have Outlaw or whatever, whatever, whatever mini tour you want to feature. Cause it's not just Outlaw Golf. There's um Golden State. There's all kinds of like different mini tours. But you if, if you can do it like just from a logistics standpoint, it's absolutely doable. Of course, you could do it and have, you know, Outlaw Golf start on Tuesday and go to Thursday. There would be some overlap there, but that's not necessarily the end of the world. But I mean, the answer to your question is nobody really knows, but believe me, you're not the first person to have asked the question because a lot of people are like sort of into this outlaw golf thing, especially since they think there's kind of an edge to be had with with a lack of information out in the stratosphere 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's probably going to last uh, beyond the PGA from a from a DFS standpoint, but I don't know that for a fact. I hope it does. I know my attention is really going to be, you know, focusing and handicapping PGA because I I feel a little bit more comfortable there mm-hmm. from an informational and edge standpoint and trying to parse out the good from the bad information. Whereas at La Torre Golf, I think I have good information, but at the end of the day, there's no boots on the ground there to really kind of give me some of that insider information that I might have uh, from a PGA standpoint. So, But you're still winning money and everyone can get all your still information for free. Hop in the Discord. Still winning money. Still winning almost money. Hit a grand, almost hit a grand slam today, um, but I didn't. So here we are. Well, hey, man, um, triples are good, I guess. Three-run home runs, those are good. You know, as long as you're getting base hits, man, that's all we need. Base hits, that's how we win in gambling. Remember that. What is it, 52.8%, I think, and you're, and you're professional. So as long as you can do that, quit your day job, see ya. I know you actually kind of like yours, but quit it anyway. We'll get over it. So a uh, couple <laughs> more topics. I did, and I'm going to bring this up briefly because I have to talk about baseball because it's like my favorite thing in the entire world. It was Memorial Day weekend, and it was a very sad Memorial Day weekend for me, for for many baseball fans. Memorial Day weekend, it's the first marker in the season. We got three of them, right? So we have Memorial Day weekend, we have Fourth of July, and then we have Labor Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend's first 50 games of the season, we can at least see where teams are standing, who's looking good, who's looking bad, what can we parse, what can we understand? I'm using your word parse if I'm not mistaken. Wow, what a great word. Um, Then we look at Fourth of July, we really see what the standings look like, but and then obviously... Labor Day is the start of September, so everything gets thrown in a whack with 40-man rosters. Not anymore, but we'll see what happens. But it was so sad. Um, there was some more information that actually came down today that there is going to be potentially a sliding scale for these athletes. And this is how much I hate Major League Baseball owners. It is insane to me how diabolical this was in the, in the way they put this information out and how they said it and what they did. So they're going to say... Top salary makers, sorry guys, you're going to have to sacrifice the most. You're going to have to give up and only make about 40% of your salary. Whereas the lowest salary makers are going to get a a just strictly prorated deal. So however many games you play, divide that number by the total number of games, that's what your salary is going to be. So if it's 82, you're making right around, you know, one game above 50% of your salary. But if you're Mike Trout, who is the biggest name in baseball, if you're Clayton Kershaw, if you're Jacob deGrom, you actually have to take a smaller than prorated salary because these MLB owners, you know, they're really going to lose their butts on this one. So it is so frustrating to me because it's just so, and I saw it immediately. It's so perfect. It is so perfect because what are the players going to do? They're going to say, no, why would we take less money as well. Like, you know, you guys are making the most, right? You know, Mike Trout, does he really need $35 million a year? And you say that and you think it and you're like, well, I guess he really doesn't. But who the hell am I to say if Mike Trout, I mean, I think he's worth well over $35 million a year in terms of what he does on the field. But this is the way the owners are going to get it. So it's already against the fans. Now, if the, or I'm, I'm sorry, it's already against the players. So if the players say no to this deal, fans will be outraged. They will be completely outraged. The owners are coming out on top. They're laughing because, hey, don't forget, they're billionaires. So what the hell? They don't need this season. Nothing's going to happen to any of them. So they're going to just go ahead and they're just going to say, no, look, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. When in reality, they're just shoving it up the players even further. And now the players are going to say no because we already know they're going to say no. The MLBPA is going to say this is ridiculous. Why would our top players, the ones who bring in the highest ratings and the most they play the most and they're most important to the game. Why should they take the biggest pay cuts? And so now we're going to be stuck exactly where we are. And now it's actually starting to get to the point where if the 
MLB owners keep pissing off the Players Association enough, they'll just keep dragging this thing out till it's pretty much impossible to start or have a season at this point. And it's really annoying, man. It is so annoying because you can see right through it, but so many fans are going to side with the owners for some reason, and they're going to blame it all on the players, and we're going to be here, and I'm not going to get to watch baseball this year, see ya? Other than my Korean baseball, of course, but. Well, I don't have much of an analytical angle here, but I will say this. I, I think it is going to get worked out. And I think they're not really being creative enough with how to how to really manage these funds, because if you're looking at it just from a singular year, you're not looking at it right. You, you need to look at future years and maybe trying to figure out how to allocate funds from there to satisfy some of the some of the players in, in this particular year. Um, but the second thing I had to say is the, mo the more important thing. This is so baseball. It's oh, so right. Baseball. Oh, my God. 100 percent. Golf analogy, golf metaphor. This is so par for the course. I'm not surprised. Here we are. Nope. That is base. That's baseball season for any of you Yankee fans out there. It is so frustrating. And yeah, it, it is 100%. They had this whole opportunity. They could have done this whole thing, brought in new fans to the game. They could have got young kids involved because there's no other sports going on. And what are they going to do? They're going to punt the season. They're the only sport that didn't start and they won't start. There just won't be a record for 2020. It's just going to be gone. We're going to start at 2021, everyone a year older. No one made any money. Mookie Betts isn't on the Dodgers anymore. It's it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to get ridiculous, but that is, uh, that's my little baseball rant. I can't believe it. It's so, so frustrating. So last thing, we want to talk about a league that's actually doing something, that's actually pushing forward and trying to be smart. So the NHL proposal to start the 2019-2020 season back up looks like it can be in play for June. They are getting rid of the rest of the regular season. Uh, they are immediately starting with the playoffs. This 2014 uh, format, it's essentially going to be two, both uh, conferences, the top 12 teams from each conference. The top four seeds from each of those conferences will play a round robin style tournament to decide the rankings of one through four. The rest of the seeds, five through 12 on each side, will then play a five game play in round. So five will play 12. Six will play 11, so on and so forth. And they will play a uh, best of five series. Then they, whoever comes out of those, will fill out the rest of the playoffs. And then they will be able to start the playoffs there. So this is their version of getting people, I guess, giving them some game experience, especially with those top four seeds. They all know they're in, they're locked. Those bottom seeds, at least this is an interesting, it's kind of, uh, actually my girlfriend brought this up. Uh, it's kind of like that MLB play-in style game where it's like, hey, you're, you're in the playoffs, but you're not really in the playoffs yet. So let's see kind of how it shakes out, which was really interesting to me. And yeah, I mean, I, look at that. The MLB or the NHL, the NHLPA, the owners, they all could come together, figure something out, get their season started again and give people what they want. Some sports in an interesting way too. I think they took a pretty creative, interesting approach. They're not doing all the teams because do we really need the seven worst teams in the league there? No, not really. I think we're fine there. So see, so yeah, how do you, how do you feel about this? I don't know. Are you a big hockey guy? I'm, I'm all for it. So I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I like hockey and I especially like playoff hockey. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering as I'm looking at this setup. So I'm pretty sure the Capitals, who I have a futures bet on, which I think I'm assuming these futures bets will be honored, you know, by the various bookmakers um, in spite of the setup being a little bit different. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out if the Caps are actually in the top four spot. I and mean, I think they are in the Eastern Conference. I actually put when I was out in um, Vegas for my fantasy football draft, me and a buddy put down 200 on the Caps to win it all at like 21 to Ooh. one. So that's a pretty big ticket. So I'm hoping they're in that no, top four. So they don't, they're they not. They are not in that top four. It does not look Ouch. like I'm looking. Nope. I lied. Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia in the East, St. Louis, Perfect. Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. So yes, they are in the top four. 
um, of the East, obviously. And so hopefully your bet, man, I hope, I hope you're going to be getting something from that. That'll be fantastic. I mean, I, 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 first of all, I like the fact that they're letting the top four seeds kind of fend mm-hmm. for themselves because I don't think they should be throwing this giant, you know, bracket with like a 12 seed yeah. or something. That's that would be ridiculous and something, you know, like a sport like I don't know, baseball would do. <laughs> but uh, the, the rest of the teams, how they're doing that, you know, the play in stuff. I think that's super smart. I think it's probably advisable for those those play in like that for the five to five through 12 seeds to maybe have a five game instead of seven game mm-hmm. series. That's just my take on that. I think seven's a little much. Yeah, they, um, they are doing a five game series. Time. If I didn't say oh, that, they are. they are doing. Yeah, it's a five game series. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> gotcha. So okay. exactly, worst comes to worst, all of those we get at least three games out of it. I'm very confident in hockey. Many of them will go five, which is going to be insane. Just think of how many, how many potential game fives we're going to get in the span of days. That will be so incredible. I cannot wait. I love playoff hockey so much. In my opinion, the only reason God created double overtime was so that we could get to triple overtime. So that's just something that I always look forward to in playoff hockey. So we can just get to triple overtime. When you see three OT, there's just, I don't know. It's just that two o'clock in the morning. You got this weird buzz, a little delusion going on. Really works for me. I, I don't know about you. So speaking of buzz, so I don't know, like I was going to say, like, I think, I think NHL uh, playoffs are the most, just like the most intense playoffs of any sport. I don't know that I agree with that. I was going to say it, then I sort of backtracked. I'm thinking, well, how can I put this? Because playoff hockey is so, it's such a different animal than regular season hockey. So I think the way I would put it is, if you're not sure you really like regular season hockey, which is somewhat understandable, and much like it would be for like MLB, for, mm-hmm. for most people, not yep. the big fans, like the disparity from an intensity standpoint between NHL hockey in the regular season in the playoffs and MLB regular season and playoffs. It is such a stark difference. It is different than NFL football. It is different than and the NBA. Like the difference in intensity is so electric. And you you even if you're just like not even really a fan, watching the game, you feel it from the announcers, you 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 see it from the skaters. They don't, there's not as many fights. Everybody's taking it super seriously. Every, every single shift is important. And I I'm honestly like as we're talking about it we've covered pretty much every sport. I feel like other than the NFL, which is, you know, a little further away, this is the thing I'm looking forward to the most. And, and that, that, that that's beyond golf, which, you know, is, is obviously a very important sport to me. Like just from a pure, like watchability standpoint, I'm all over this NHL hockey stuff. It's it should, I mean, playoff stuff. It should be an absolute blast. I think it's a great way of going about it. They were able to put something together, bring it together. I think only two teams voted against this proposal. One, I want to say was the, the lightning and then maybe like the Carolina hurricane, but it obviously passed with client flying colors, 28, 29 to one 20, whatever. I don't know. However many teams are in hockey. I don't even know anymore, but I just think it's interesting. It's going to be so much fun. They're going to have two hub cities. So they haven't decided on the hub cities yet. Training should start sometime in July or June no later than July 1st. So it is right around the corner as we're talking here on May 20, I don't know, 6th. So I am so excited. And I don't know, just so from a betting standpoint, being a a hockey guy, being a 31 teams, thank you, gentlemen on Twitch. I appreciate that. How, from a betting standpoint, how are you looking at this? And are you going to start blindly throwing some darts? Are you going to try and see who, what, what cities people are coming from? Do you have any inkling from, I guess, the get-go on how you might start looking at this from, from that perspective? No, I don't think, no, not yet. And I don't think I'm really going to factor in travel or where they're playing in terms of whether it's going to benefit certain 
certain teams or not. What I will say is, is I probably will defer to the more experienced playoff teams, which, you know, like the Bostons or the, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> the Washington Capitals, what have you. I think they're going to sort of have an edge because they're going to be immediately mentally ready for like the playoff grind. And by the way, those veteran teams tend to be older. So they're probably going to benefit a little bit more from the rest that they've gotten in the last, they've received in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing I will say about hockey though, from a betting standpoint, especially when the playoffs start, man, if you can track the hot goalie, you're kind of good to go. So when just from a pure, pure betting standpoint, I tend to sort of look over or look past maybe the the top three teams. Like for, from in the East, it's going to be probably Boston. I'm guessing Tampa Bay, and then maybe the Flyers, and then the Caps, and then it'll go down from there. But like, uh, there's a lot of value in taking some of those teams. I mean, with this setup, it's a little different. But there's a lot of value in taking some of those lower ranked teams because if they if they get a hot goalie, if they have a goalie that has the potential to get hot because he's done it before. Like that's a team to just, you know, if it's like 28 to one or something, there's just no reason not to throw like 10 or 20 bucks down on that because all of a sudden it's the conference finals and and you're hedging your bet or whatever, whatever you're doing, or you're just tracking your bet. It's fun. So betting hockey is super fun. And I think taking the underdogs are, uh, is, is definitely one of the plays in, in hockey specifically. Whereas like in the NBA, you're wasting your money. Oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, but you're also wasting time you know, when the golden state warriors are minus 900 to win a playoff series. I mean, at that point, what are we even doing? But it's not fun, but we have one last segment. Our friend Jim Thompson is coming on. We've been doing this a lot. We used to have a lot of LOL talk, but LOL kind of took its time. They they had to rest. They had to do what they had to do, but it is back. And we got big time Timmy Jim in the house. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, guys? I'm doing well. Doing I got, well. I got a, uh, okay. All right. We got a little bit of feedback from your mic, but I think it's, oh, no, it's coming back. It's coming back. You want to unplug that mic for us, Jim? We're gonna we're gonna kick Jim out for a second. If Jim Jim, you can still hear me. Just uh, just unplug that mic and uh, just just talk right into us if you don't mind. But I'm excited. Jim's gonna talk a little LOL for us. He's gonna a explain what the hell it is because I don't I didn't know you could do that. And then B, what are the players? <laughs> what are the teams he's looking at this Thursday? We're having a big tournament. I think it's like in the middle of the night kind of thing. So we're excited to see what happens. So let's let's bring him back in. Let's see how that mic's doing now. And oh no, nope, still lots of feedback. It's going down. Nope. Oh, it's off. No, it's back. Unplug your headphones, Jim. All right. All right, we're good. Let's get this. Let's get this. Jim, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a couple minutes. So first off, how does League nice of Legends... Jim. <laughs> first off, nice hat. Let's first off, there. nice hat. What's up? Can you up? tilt your head down a little bit so we can see that? Let's go. Now we're talking. Jim, how oh, does... It's, it's a little bit better, a little bit down more. You can see a little bit better. I like it. I like it, I like it now. Michael, I didn't even realize you were wearing a Wind Daily hat. Now I feel yeah. stupid. I didn't think you had any swag on. No, dude, I always have my Wind Daily hat on during this. I just wear my hat, like, it's pointed up. There's up. no sunlight. There's no sunlight in my basement, unfortunately. So maybe I'll have to get some of that in there. But, Jim, I need to, I need to understand something. How the heck does LOL DFS work? Uh, it works really good. No, I'm just kidding. Um... It, it works really well, Jim. Five, it works really well. Great English. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Are we good to go? All right. There's five yeah. guys on each team. There's the top position. There's the mid position, jungle position, uh, ADC position, and the support position. And each player is, either generates kills or assists. And 
other things that there's there's a lot of things that can come into play when it comes to a score for fantasy or anything like that. But it's basically you have those five players on each team that focus on destroying the enemy's base. Once the enemy's base is destroyed and whoever does it first wins the game, usually they do best of one, best of three or best of five, depending on if it's regular playoffs or, or anything like that. So that's how it that goes. It, Love it. So we have a big event, if I'm not mistaken, coming up on Thursday. I know LOL took a little bit of time off. There's a smaller event that's coming up in the middle of the night tomorrow. This morning, it probably already passed if you're listening on the podcast. But Thursday morning, I think at like four o'clock, if I'm not mistaken, we have a pretty relatively big event. So I'm assuming it's one of the bigger leagues. Tell us who you're liking, what the slate looks like and who you're looking to play so that we can all make a couple bucks while we're asleep. Uh, what what's coming up is actually a it's a combination of the LCK and the LPL, which is the LCK is the Korean League and the LPL is the Chinese League, and what they're doing is they're actually doing a round robin tournament of every team, pretty much every team playing each other. And coming on Thursday, you have um, it's the first one. It, it starts off with TES and DWEG or DWG, which is a uh, uh, top in sports and Dan Juan gaming. And then you also have FPX versus T1. And those are the first two. And then after that, they all just pretty much play each other. And it turns into that. And then I know the day after that, I believe that there's another round robin and so on and so forth. And at the end of it, it's pretty much winner take all after all that. I love it. So who who are we playing? Who's going into my DFS lineup while I'm, I'm sleeping like a baby? I am going very hard on uh, TES. They are the most dominant team in the LPL. I don't see anybody beating them, especially anybody in the LCK. Um, the LCK, their their average is about 21 kills per game, where the LPL teams average about 27 per game. So even just going into that, and the Chinese League, which is the LPL, it also they're they're just more skilled in my opinion. They're they're going to completely destroy everyone. So what you want to do is pretty much try to focus on the LPL teams. I know when it comes to DraftKings, they do it per game, where in on FanDuel, FanDuel actually does it's per round robin. So the whole day, there's however many games going on, every team playing each other in the round robins, that all gets added up at the end of the day, and that's your score. When on DraftKings does everything separately, they do their game separately. So you'll have TES versus DWG and FPX versus T1, and that'll be one where on FanDuel, it not only does those two games, but then it does the other ones after that combined. Like then you'll have like DWG versus T1 and FPX versus TES and so on and so forth. But yeah, focus on those Chinese teams, the TES and, uh, and I, I just love the, I love TES. I think that there's yeah, completely dominate. So it sounds like it's similar to hockey, similar to baseball where you're trying to stack because there's the assist potential as well. Correct. Did I hear that right? Yes. Yes. The assists are big because a lot of times that people aren't taking in consideration either that as soon as one of their players shoots at an, an opposing player, that that player is now getting an assist. Doesn't matter if they get the kill or not. So you could have a moment where each player on their team is getting an assist for one kill. So if you have a team that gets, you know, 27 kills nine times out of 10, four or five of those players are going to have really, really high fantasy scores. And that's kind of how you want to go about it. You want to focus on, you know, your, your big thing is stacking. You want to do a three, 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 uh, three man stack or four man stack and 
just stack the highest scoring team. If you think the highest projected kill team, in my opinion, is going to be TES, you just want to go gung ho on them and just go big or go home pretty much just on them and just focus on them. Stack TES, stack the Chinese league, look for assists, um, and then a bunch of random letters and numbers. I think I got it all right, Sia. Yeah, and look for Jim in Discord because I know I'm not going to remember it. Like, Jim just won the acronym Olympics. That's all I know. And so beyond that, I'm going to be looking for Jim at some point before I go to sleep in uh, in the Discord chat because that's really – like, honestly, man, Jim, you're, you're sort of blowing me away because I don't know any of this stuff. I've actually never played LOL. I'm, you know, kind of doing other things, but it sounds to me like there's an edge here too just like there is in any other sort of whether it's eSports or, or regular sports. So – that's impressive, man. I don't know. I really don't know what to say. I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, I guess I'll just wait for, for Jim's article and Discord and just go from there. I mean, it's been it's been a, a great ride, especially over the last uh, tel- uh, ten LOL slates. I've actually had nine first place takedowns out of the last ten LOL slates. It's, it's definitely been been a great run for sure. A little bit over, uh, I think it was right around sixty five thousand over ten days. <laughs> So it's been it's that been a good good run unreal. on it. Nine out of ten. Ninety percent hit rate on takedowns, not just cashing on takedowns. <laughs> yeah. That's takedown. ridiculous. That's disturbing. Wow. <laughs> Impressive, man. That's that's amazing. A little bit of an edge. Little bit of an edge. And you know who has it? We have it. As I was saying before, let's we'll help you be the sharks. Jim is sincerely one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. He helps you in Discord. He's just a super nice gentleman as well. I mean, you know, he's from Buffalo, I think, right, Jim? And Buffalo's a great state. Or state, hello. It's a great city. I've watched people jump through tables there. It's just an incredible, incredible time. And I really do love it. And I think it's fantastic. But you sincerely, what you do, how you do it. Jim actually created the project projection models that we use for lol so that's all like literally in-house projection models what we've done and clearly it works again 90 percent hit rate on takedowns not on just caching and jim i guess where does the edge come from if we're willing to help people if we're saying hey come into the discord hey come onto the website and let us teach you why is nobody listening to us why aren't they coming in to talk to you jim what are we doing wrong what do we need to do more of I have no idea. We're we're doing everything, man. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Discord. It's it's all over everywhere, man. We're we're literally giving everybody pretty much. I mean, obviously, we don't give away lineups, but we're giving them everything they need to build a optimal winning lineup. And and I think it comes down to we just need to do it some more. We need to win some more, man. I think that that's where it comes down to. That's if you it. have to win more than $65,000 in nine days or 10 days, whatever it is, um, I mean, man, let's do it. Let's let's take more <laughs> money in. And and you say, you know, maybe we're not giving away the exact, yeah, 10 out of 10. What are you doing, Jim? You're slacking <laughs> what, on it. What, what'd you do, Michael? You went. Yeah, nine, nine, nine out of 10. Nine. I guess maybe my, my, my camera's backwards, so it's a little wonky. But I mean, no, as you said, we're not giving you the exact lineups, but it's not like we're holding players back or anything. We're giving you all the players that we utilize. The pools are there. It's just, you know, sometimes you put them together a little different and we have users and we have subs that hit these takedowns as well. It's not just you. It's not just Javi. We have some incredible people. Rocker, who's one of our baseball writers, was really bored one day, went into LOL. And I think he took down like four grand or something. So we have people in there that don't really know what they're doing with these guys that do and they're winning money, too. So, I mean, why not? See ya. Let's let's make a let's let's do this. See ya. We'll each put in an LOL lineup. How's that sound? 
Yeah. Uh, side note, Jim, you look like the type of guy that I don't want to see like in a in a dark alley. So I just want you to know right off the bat that I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I've never said a bad word about him on Sirius XM or on a podcast. Big Josh Allen fan. Go Bills. I love their over. And um, that's all. That, Michael, that's that's all legit, right? I've said yeah, all of those at, things. At Sian um, you could check check the check the tapes. I think uh, that the Internet will tell you the truth on that one, Jim. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm absolutely going to know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, don't don't check the tapes. Don't waste your Love time, it. man. I'm yeah, oh, yeah. I think I might have heard a, a little bit of uh, the opposite there, but uh, I'll let you have this one for now. <laughs> Just this one, Sia. Right. Just this one. Uh, Ravens right. fans also still doesn't he doesn't think Lauren Jackson's that good either at Sia Najad on Twitter. N-E-J-A-D, yeah. just to make sure that we have the uh, the spelling right. But Jim, anything else we need to know before we hop into the Discord to make sure that our lineups are looking good to you? No, just for everyone to get over to Discord and listen. Just come on. We're there. We're doing it. We're killing it. And I'm so happy to have LOL back, man. I really am. I just it was so hard to go on that run and then to to stop. And now it's back. And I'm even I'm more excited than I was before. And I'm ready to help everybody. I'm ready for everyone to have, you know, ten in a row. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> love it, dude. Love it. So it. what's what's the biggest um What's the biggest tournament they have uh, for LOL coming up on Thursday? Is there is I, I assume there's not a mini maker or anything, but do they have you know some some bigger some bigger games rolling? Um, usually, I mean, usually they're ten or fifteen dollar ones, pretty pretty monsters. Honestly, they have then they have like the three thirty three, then they have like the, obviously the bigger ones than that. But usually they're I know they got a fifteen dollar one. It's fifty uh, k to first, and I'll be in it. But I'll be showing everybody else how to play it too, so I'm not holding it to myself or nothing like that. They have a ten k, ten dollar, ten k to first, and then they have their other, you know, bigger ones, the three thirty three, and and I'm pretty sure that every once in a while they come out with you know monster ones like five and six hundred, then they have like a hundred k to first and ten dollar ones, which is just absurd. But those are those are the ones, man. Those are the big ones. But again, like I, I know I mentioned this, mentioned this on series as well, is I just want to clarify contest selection is huge. And also, again, I, I know that, that we were speaking out on Sirius about, like, just try to start and do the the single entry, three entry or five entry max. And then if you want to, you know, throw a few bullets into the, you know, $10 one, you could dream tournaments and, and just kind of build your bankroll that way. I just I, I can't stress that enough just to build a bankroll before you go and explode on these tournaments that you're honestly it's it's a million to one to hit. You know what I mean? So I'm just being honest about it. But the other ones, you're more like, you know, I want to say like 15, 20 to one, you know, to cash to win 50 to one instead of 50,000 to one. So I just I just want to stress that a little bit more. That's all. We appreciate you on that one, man. And I think that's common amongst most um most sports, right? Like build your bankroll. We have great articles up on the site with Nick Brettwish. If I think I said his name right, he's got some great stuff on the NFL and his Bible, as he calls it, on how he he bets. And it's it's impressive how he plays DFS. I'm sorry. And so I, I agree with you there, man. You got to build that bankroll. And as you said, you, you want to play those you can dream tournaments because you never know. Crazier things have happened. But honestly, everyone out there, don't even bother playing the 50K tournament. Sounds like Jim's going to take that one down. So save your money there. But uh, Jim, man, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. All right, no problem. Thanks, appreciate Jim. it, guys. Talk to you soon, buddy. Awesome, dude. Nine out of 10. How incredible is that? That's ridiculous. Do you think he bought my Josh Allen thing? Because I'm, no. I'm a little worried. No. Even if he did, I would. I wouldn't let him. He's too nice. I told you that. He's too nice. I'm not going to 
do him uh, like that. He's too good of a guy, but awesome. See ya. This was fantastic. Another great show. I hope everyone enjoyed it. We went over. Yeah. Almost like every, every sport except the NBA at this point today, I think. So did a great job there for seeing Najad for JMO at DFS underscore no shame for big time. Timmy, Jim Johnson, Thompson, Mac daddy, DFS East sport. I, I'm out of, I'm out of stuff for all of those guys and myself, Michael Raziel sincerely appreciate everyone's time tonight. And I hope you make it a profitable day. Yeah.